0: Amen. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Praise God. Now Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Hebrews 11 and verse 3. We, we read this last night, but this is so important. Oh, hallelujah. You, you, you have to make sure you're calling things. But you've got to be careful what you're calling. If you don't want it, don't call it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 and 3. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed. Notice by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The Ruth's Bible says, by means of faith, we perceive that the material universe and the God-appointed ages of time were equipped and fitted by God's word. For what? The purpose for which they were intended. And it follows, therefore, that that which we see did not come into being out of that which is visible. Amen. So by means of faith, we perceive this, that the appointed ages of time, the university appointed ages of time were equipped and fitted by God's word. That's not talking about the Bible. The Bible didn't exist. It's talking about God's spoken word. Now, do you see this? This is so important because uh, 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 Hebrews also tells us that that. Uh, uh, the universe is propelled by the word of His power. The universe that we know today exists and is operating off of words that were spoken millennia ago. Amen. When, whenever God created what the earth, the universe, however long ago that was, however many years, centuries, however many it was, when God said it, the universe, the world, is still functioning off the words that God said then. Amen. And that's why you'll hear people say, well, you know, the, the world global warming and everything's gonna fall apart. It can't. Because for it all to fall apart, God's word would have to fall apart. I mean, there's coming a global warming. When the church is gone, it's going to get hot. All right. But but even that will not destroy the earth at its core. It will purge the earth and take it back to God's original design. It'll be purged of sin, purged of all unrighteousness, and it will then be a fitting place for the kingdom citizens to come back with Christ and set up the rule and the reign on the earth. Oh, glory. Amen. The worlds did not come from material that was visible. Amen. You'll hear people say God created the world out of nothing. Wrong on two fronts. Number one, uh, words are not nothing. He created the world out of words. Words. Secondly, those words went into the realm of the invisible called the faith realm and got all of the building blocks that was needed to create anything that God creates already exists. For God to heal you, He doesn't have to create healing. It already exists. It's already been paid for. Finances, God does not have to create them. They they, they already exist. He told you to call for them. Amen. So the worlds did not come from material that was visible. But what did God do? When He was there calling for light, light was not visible, yet God called for it. The essence of faith is that when you look and you see and you see a deficit in an area of your life, you begin to call for the for the appearance of what there is a deficit of. You may not see it, but you're calling for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now here's what a lot of people do. They they'll go through a financial issue. And what'll come out of their mouth is, my God, we just can't get ahead. I'll tell you what, I thought things were changing. We just can't get ahead. Well, now, what just happened? They just doubled up on can't get ahead. They called for more of what they got. When when you see insufficiency, the first words out of your mouth is, my God, there's abundance and no lack. For my God supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory. Amen. I've given, therefore, it's given unto me good measure, pressed down. People say that's just a positive confession. No, you're calling for what is not seen. That's the essence of faith. The material existed in the realm of the Spirit, everything you need is in that realm of faith. But it has to be called for. The things of faith are voice activated. And you have to call for them. The principles of the word of God will not just work for you. It will not work because it's the word of God. It works when you fill your mouth with the word of God. That's what we said, uh, uh, what was it, night before last or last night. That the word of God conceived in the heart, spoken in the mouth... And formed by the tongue, releases the very creative power of God. Amen. Do, do you see that? It's, it's faith is voice activated. I've got a call for it. Amen. Well, I, I, I just, Pastor, I just don't know if, if I might feel funny doing that. You won't feel funny when it shows up, you won't feel funny when it changes. Remember the first time you got an answer to prayer? Wasn't that a great feeling? God hears me. God hears my prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how long will it take? That's not the point. You call it until it shows up. Amen. God spoke words of faith that were filled with his creative power. And he created what he desired. He created what he desired. You know, I've had people over the years say, oh, you're just one of those positive thinking guys. You bet. I've had people say, that sounds like Christian science. No, it's Christian sense. Amen. Everybody that believes some parts of this got it from the word of God. The difference between us and the mind over matter people is we're, we're taking the faith of God and putting it over the matter. Yes. Amen. God spoke words of faith filled with his creative power and created what he desired. That's a good place to tell your neighbor to say, I can, I can create what I desire. What I desire. Praise God. Amen. My pastor said this one time. He said, overcoming faith and overflowing more than enough victorious faith that causes you to overcome your circumstances is victory in spite of, before, and beyond the problem, regardless of what you see or feel, it is faith to call a situation finished, perfected, or completed before you see it. Catch that last part. It is faith to, beyond the problem, regardless of what you see or feel, it is faith to call a situation finished, perfected, or completed before you see it. That is faith. To call it finished, perfected, or completed before you see it. Amen. Finished, perfected, or completed before you see it. Before you see it. Look at Romans chapter 4. See the principles. The workings of faith that we're dealing with. I'll say this the only way I know to say it. They are useless if you don't work them. You can know you'll have what you say. And yet say nothing under the guise of not wanting to say something negative. But if you say nothing, you get nothing. Say it out loud. Say, if I say nothing, I get nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. If you say nothing, you get nothing because the essence of faith is that you have to call. Romans 4 and verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God. One translation says that Abraham became like God. The center column reference of your Bible might say like unto God. Abraham became like unto God in that he called those things that be not as though they were. Amen. Now, we've heard this, but let me reiterate it. He didn't say he calls things that are like they aren't. He said he calls things that be not as though they were. He calls things that be not As though they were. If you're sick in your body. What is not? Health. So you don't say. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Bless God. I'm not sick. According to the word. I'm not sick. You call yourself healed. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm taking healing. I'm whole. The spirit life of 1 Peter 2.24. Is rolling through my blood system. Amen. Effecting a cure making me whole and, and, and well and healthy. Amen. Every disease, German virus that touches my body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm immune to fevers. I'm immune to upset stomach. I'm immune to allergies. I'm immune in Jesus' name, blood diseases. They can't live in my body. Amen. Well, what if it shows up? Well, don't dare say it didn't work. Keep saying. Keep saying it. Remember I told you that? I I went to the Lord. That series came out of what the Lord told me. And I said, Lord, I'm saying this and nothing seems to be changing. And he said real nicely but very firmly, well, keep saying it. Keep saying it. What do you do when it looks like it's not happening? Keep Keep saying it. Keep saying it. It costs you nothing to keep saying it. It can cost you everything if you stop. Because if you stop, the enemy just keeps rolling. Your words are your first line of defense against what the enemy wants to bring into your life. First, words matter. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And, and, and that's why the Lord gave us that analogy it, when I wrote the book First Words Matter. We're going to look at, uh, at, at a chapter of this in just a moment. But uh, uh, somebody's getting on the highway and they're talking all the time when they get on the highway how much they hate traffic. How frustrated they are. This bad traffic. I hate traffic. Can't stand driving on this highway. And it's just a miserable commute to work. And every morning when they get ready to get on that on-ramp. They start getting frustrated. They start getting upset. Because those words were sitting right there waiting on them. Amen. Amen what a lot of people call a generational curse or even a generational devil is generational words. And the devil gets the blame and the curse gets the blame and they're cursed all right by the words that have been spoken. And you don't do this because I know where you go to church. But how many people have you ever heard, well, that runs in our family. That runs in our family. As somebody will go, oh my, I'm, I'm kind of lightheaded. Well, you might have high blood pressure after all that runs in our family. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm a little short of breath. You better go get that checked out. Heart trouble runs in our family. Right? You, you hear what I'm saying? And so then every generation... Is dealing with the words from the previous generation, and the, and and those words are indiscriminate about who they affect. They'll affect the old, the young, the male, the female. There's only two genders. You know that, right? The male, the female. I just want to make sure you're clear on that. Hallelujah! It, it right. It affects and it's indiscriminate. And so the way you break that cycle is change what you're saying. Amen. Hallelujah So it says here that Abraham had to begin to call things that be not as though they were. That's God's mode of operation. He calls what is not like it is. One translation says, he calls non existent things as though they already exist. Yes. Yes. Already. Amen. So here's the thing. When are you prosperous? Now. now. When are you healed? Now. When do you have peace? Now. Well, you 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 fill in the blank. Whatever it is, you've got it now. You've got it now. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got it right now. Why? I'm calling non-existent things as though they exist right now. Hallelujah. Faith is not future tense. Faith is not past tense. It's present tense. You either have faith or you don't. If someone says, well, I had faith, that means they don't now. If someone says, I'm going to have faith, that means they don't now. You can't have faith a while ago. It's either now or you don't have it. I mentioned this last night. The disciples were talking to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. And he said, well, if you had faith, you would say See what he said? If you had faith, you would say to that sycamine tree, be plucked up and be planted in the sea. Now, that's where people kind of get off track with this. Well, you know, you're saying, if I had faith, I would be speaking. There's no faith without speaking. Here's another thing, though there's no doubt without speaking, it's just what you're speaking. You're going to have what you say, period. Not just the good things. You're going to have what you say. If a person is entrenched in doubt, their words are keeping them there. If a person is entrenched in faith, their words are keeping them there. Amen. Every day, the choice every day I know that the Bible says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. But hear me. He said, choose. This is your chooser. So it's not that you get up every day and people say, well, the curse is there and the blessing's there. But you got to choose. The blessing's not just going to overtake you because you're blessed. I got to choose it. And that means that sometimes I've got to choose with my words the blessing in spite of what the curse might be trying to do. i got to choose. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I live under the blessing. We are so blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, but what if some of those things try to come on me? Listen. All of those things will come on you if you don't talk. All of them. Some of them might try, but your words will keep them off you. What, what the Bible say? That the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the wicked. The, inner, the energy of the shield of faith is your love walk, and it is all put into manifestation by your words. The shield of faith is not something that's just in front of you. The shield of faith is something that surrounds you. It's a bubble. You walk in a sphere of faith day in and day out. There's nothing the enemy can do. Yeah, but he's putting the pressure on. Now, wait a minute. You are giving that pressure license to overcome you. If you're always talking about the pressure and never talking about the victory, well, I I didn't say I was going to be overcome. Yeah, but how many times you tell people, "Pray for me. I'm just under such pressure. Pray for me. I'm just under pressure. Pray for me." Praise, hands. Come on in and pray. Pray for me. Right. Well, the Bible does say, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray. But that's, some, that's somebody that can't get out of the house and come to church. They're so bad off, they got to call somebody. The Lord told Charles Capps in the 1970s, he said, long, lengthy prayers would be unnecessary if my people would learn to say what I said about them from the Word of God. He said, I told my people they could have what they say, and they're saying what they have. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, I'm not saying what I have. I'm saying what I I want. want. So when somebody looks at you under the unction of the Holy Spirit and says, this is your last broke day, your last broke year, your last broke whatever, you just agree with it. That's right. I'll never be broke another day in my life. Amen. 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 Am I helping you? Faith. That takes, calls things that be not as though they were. That's how you take it. Amen. Well, we're believing for a better house, but you know, my credit's bad. Well, what's that got to do with you believing? There's not one credit score scripture. (laughs) Right? There's not a book of Equifax. Now I'm not against you having a good credit score. You understand that? But people will make all kinds of excuses as to why they can't have something God promised them in the Word. Well, my confession won't change my credit score, but it can, cha- it can, cha- it can change the situation. Did we just talk about how God created the universe with His words? How hard would it be for God to get you a house? A house. You can get a house on your own with good credit. God can get you a house. I've got to agree with them. I got scripture. I'll give you houses you didn't build, lands that didn't belong to you, vineyards, wells dug, cities. That's why I say about all our churches all the time. The Lord has given Little Rock, Arkansas into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. The Lord has given Canton, Johnson County, Kansas and the surrounding area into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Now, Pastor, I just don't see it. Well, God love you. You just stay in neutral. Don't you try to believe for anything. Just, just stay in neutral. Let us believe. Amen. Do you see that? No matter where, what, what you have. It's not just about things. Well, we're living in an apartment right now, but we'd sure like a house. Start calling it. What kind of house do you want? What color you want it to be? How big does it need to be? I'm just afraid, you know, I'll go too far. Okay, well, all right. Amen. Amen. You got to start calling for something. By faith's very nature, it must be spoken and released before you're going to see the results. By faith's very nature. I've had people come up to me and say, I don't know the problem. I know I got faith, I got all the faith in the world. That's the problem. You got it, but you're not releasing it. You cannot create if you will not call. You can't create if you won't call. I had a problem growing up. (laughs) I wasn't very good at mathematics. It was my weak subject. Now, I, I grew up the first five or, well, to the sixth grade, and we went to Christian school. Well, the particular Christian school that we went, they used. They did not use the Abeka program. They used the PACE system. Now, you may not know what that is, but they give you a PACE. Everybody starts out with the same PACE. It's a, it's a, it's a book, all right? The same PACE. Well, so that nobody feels bad, you might have, you got 25 kids in a class, you might have uh, uh, 10 of them on PACE number 4, all right, And 15 of them on pace number two. But nobody feels bad. Nobody's embarrassed. Because nobody knows they're behind. Well the problem with that. Is. You don't grow. You just. They just kind of make it easy for you. You see what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not running anybody down. I'm just saying. So in the seventh grade. I get thrown into public school. Y'all remember 7th grade mathematics? At least the beginnings of algebra. Now watch. And I don't know how to divide numbers. How did I get to the 7th grade and didn't know my times tables? Well, that's another discussion. But here's, here's the point. Here, here's my point that I'm, that I'm that I'm trying to get to, is so my first day in in seventh grade math class, I know I'm over my head. This guy is speaking a language. He's from West Texas, but he's speaking something I don't understand. Decimal what and uh, right that little that little symbol. Pastor Michelle was talking about that little alligator. He's saying, and you put this here. I'm thinking, what is it? I don't know. What is that? I did my first paper in math class in ballpoint pen. I didn't know the difference. <laughs> Mr. Colbert was his name, and he's looking through the papers, and he goes, the first thing we need to remember is we don't do our math in ballpoint pen. Thankfully, he didn't call my name. Well, here's, here's the point. From that day, it was just. Pfft. Amen. And so they recognized it. And, the, and, the, and the, the correction for that was special ed. Well, then I get in special ed, and it's the same thing. They're basically giving me coloring sheets. Lucille Newton was the special ed teacher. Wonderful woman. Until she caught you dipping snuff. And then she sent you to the principal's office. (laughs) Telling on myself. She said, what's that in your mouth? Nothing. Open your mouth. She had to be a hundred years old. Open your mouth. What you got in there? And you're going. I see it. I see it. It's right there. You go to the principal's office. You go. Well, anyway, nothing's getting any better. Well, then, so I get through the seventh grade. I get through the eighth grade. And uh, we moved to Clayton, New Mexico. And I go from a school that had probably 185 students in it to a school that, that's not big by a lot of standards, but had about seven, 800 kids in it. And they put me right in the normal math class. They didn't even take him half a class. He's like, come here, <laughs> let me help you. Go down the hall, go to this room. Well, I was done. I'm in ninth grade, I'm done. I hate school. And, and, and here's, here's my thinking. I'm dumb. I can't, I can't do it anyway. I'm no good at math. I'm, I'm, now, here's, here's the thing. No, nobody in my life ever called me dumb. Except my dad, when he would really get mad and he go, are you dumb? And... <laughs> I was so tempted sometimes to go, no, are you? (laughs) Like, y'all know who Van Crouch is? Van Crouch said he came home one day. Van Crouch said he came home one day and his son was there. His son was 14 at the time and he told his son, he said, you know, when Abraham Lincoln was your age, he said he was staying up all night reading uh, books by coal oil and doing all this and and, and that. And his son goes, yeah, and when he was your age, he was president of the United States. (laughs) So... Amen. Okay. What do you say to that? Now I'm telling you my, my, my sordid story, my snuff-dipping story, for a reason. That settled in. Those words that I spoke about myself took the try away. Why try? I can't do it. Amen. Amen. And so education became something that, man, it would be nice, but, you know, it's just out of our grasp. Amen. When I got a hold of the Word, that's one of the first things the Lord started talking to me about. Amen. Now, I stand before you today, and who handles the finances in our home? I do. I am good at math. I am a math whiz. I'm excellent with numbers. Amen. Amen. We're never overdrawn. We at war, we have surplus all the time. Amen. Are you following me? I say, are you following me? I, I can sit down and look at the finances of our church and know what we're talking about. I sit down and talk to people. I sit on a board of a major ministry and discuss their finances and talk about them and help them make decisions. People will say, well, what happened to you? I got a hold of the Word, and I started calling myself what the Word said about me. Yeah. The Lord wakens me morning by morning. He has given me the tongue of the learned. Yeah. The spirit of wisdom and understanding and might does reside in me. I have perfect working knowledge of all things that I need to know, and I am always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Yeah. Faith calls. So it's not merely just saying the right thing. This is releasing the creative power of God into our lives. Am I helping you tonight? Yeah. The Lord said something when I wrote this book, First Words Matter. I remember what I was doing. I was, I was sitting down and I actually got a, 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 a partner letter from Brother Copeland. And uh, he, he made the statement in there that uh, first words matter. And when he said that, when I read that, the Lord said, yes, and last word, stand. And so that's, that's where the book came from. But there's a chapter in here, and part of it is called Place Your Order. And we talked a little bit about this last night. Praise God. And we talked about pulling up to that restaurant, that fast food restaurant, and you hear the familiar, welcome to whatever, may I take your order. You have to make a choice. You have to verbally declare what you're choosing. Is that right? You you can't point at what you want. Can you? You can't think your choice. You have to verbally say what you want. If, if, If you don't, you'll not receive anything. You have to choose and you choose with your mouth. Amen. That that's the 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 Bible says Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, the hand of the tongue, the organ of the tongue. That's how you read. Faith that takes is saying things. Is that right? Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen twenty a man a man's belly will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Well, here's the question tonight. Are you satisfied? Because according to God's method, we find our satisfaction is by the words we speak. My satisfaction is by the words I speak. Our words will produce fruit. Words of peace are seeds of peace. When we plant them, they produce. Words of hope produce hope. When we plant them, they produce. Amen. Proverbs twelve fourteen. a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth and the recompense of a, man's ha- of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. If we want good things in our lives, one of the most important keys is going to be what's coming out of our mouths. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. God. Just like God, we can call those things that be not Amen. as though they were. Do you see this? This is the method God used. A man, Proverbs 13, 2. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. Words are seeds that produce after their kind. And so then the question is, what's coming out of my mouth? Very often people say, well, you know, if healing is not come, check here or check here. If healing isn't coming... Check what you're saying first. Amen. Am I helping you? Yeah. Glory to God. Let me, let me look at this. Here we go. Proverbs 13:3: "He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction." I found something studying this. There are two different meanings. To those two words, keep or keepeth. In reference to our mouth, the word keepeth means to guard in a good sense, to protect, to maintain. He that keeps his mouth. He that guards his mouth. He that maintains his mouth. Then in reference to our life, he that keeps his mouth keeps his life. In reference to our life, it means to hedge about with thorns, to guard, to protect. If I maintain my mouth, I place a hedge around my life. Hallelujah. If I guard my mouth, I protect my life. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? That's, that's why you, you think about Job. Job chapter 3. Job said, the thing I feared has come on me. The Hebrew says, I feared a fear and it came upon me. I greatly feared something and it came on me. And it says, when you read in Job chapter 1, Job chapter 2, it says that when his children would get together for their birthday parties, that they would all be drinking and doing all the carousing and that Job would go and sacrifice. And and it said that he would sacrifice because he would say, perhaps my children have offended God. And it said, thus did Job continually. Job sacrificed and said that continually. You can do the right thing and speak the wrong words and get the result you don't want. There are people that walk and put their tithe. And you know what the Bible says about the tithe. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. There are people that will walk and put the tithe in the container and drive all the way home by how they can't make ends meet. There are people that say they believe in the law of seed time and harvest. And they'll sow and then talk about how they can't catch a break. You're doing the right thing. But you're killing it with your words. Remember the song we used to sing? He's turned my mourning into dancing. He has turned my sorrow into joy. And then we, we go into that, 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 that bridge and we'd all point in the church. We'd all point in our mouth and say, "This is how we overcome." Is that right? Remember how empowered you felt. This is how I overcome. The enemy's always trying to get you to speak words. Words. Just say it. Amen. You might as well admit it. That's what. That's what he says. When we speak the promises of God. The power of God. We are calling for what the word says belongs to us. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews. That the problem with the children of Israel. It says the word that was preached to us was preached to them. But they did not mix it with faith. This is the mixer. Amen. Don't just put up. With circumstances, release the creative power of God from your lips and create a different circumstance. I've heard people tell me in church, well, I guess I just got to put up with that. Change it. Create a different set of circumstances. We can speak God's words after him and they will work for us. Amen. I'll show you one that I speak all the time. And you do whatever you want to do with it. Because I I got one more scripture after this. In Psalm 107. And I speak this over our churches. Psalm 107 verse 38. He blesses faith builders also. So they are multiplied greatly. And suffereth them not to decrease. Amen. Hallelujah. That's my mindset. That's that's my that's my mouth set all the time. Amen. Look now, 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 notice Mark eleven. Now see, when you speak that, I believe Paul said all scripture was given by the inspiration of God. God breathed that scripture. And so when you speak that over your life, I don't decrease, I increase, and I don't just increase, I, I multiply greatly. That's a good place to say right now, say my finances finances are multiplying multiplying greatly and they do not decrease. decrease. Look at Mark 11, I'm almost done. As you can see that after that page, it's blank, which I might add is not indicative of my mind, so you will know. It's like I asked one guy one time, I said, hey, what's on your mind? He said, not much. I told him that's too easy. Mark 11, 22, let's let's look at verse 24 real quickly. Verse 23, excuse me. For truly I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith. Shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now this is, this is so important. We don't deny the existence of the mountain. We deny the right of it to exist in our way. Now understand this. We don't see it as in our way. We see it in the way the word said it removed if you're if you're driving down the road you're driving down the road at 60 miles an hour and you look up I don't know how far and you see a guy pulling out in the, in the road at 30 miles an hour crossing the highway well if you you see that and you slam on your brakes well you're going to cause a pile up and somebody's going to go what was wrong with you well, that guy was crossing the road. I could see him. Well, yeah, but by the time you got to him, he'd have been gone. If you get up tomorrow and the mountain you spoke to is still there, what are you going to say? If, if you, you don't back off and go, well, I guess it, it didn't move. No We don't see it in our way. We see it in the way the Word said it. That mountain is removed. I believe I received when I prayed, that mountain is removed. Amen. If we say the mountain is still there, when the Word says it's removed, we establish it. The Word said it was removed. I should say that again. If we say the mountain's still there, when the word said it's removed, we establish it. We empower it. We enforce it. It's there. But if we confess it is removed, when we get there, it'll be gone. When we get there, it will be gone. That's why I've told people for years in healing school. I've had people tell me, well, you know, Pastor, uh, uh, the doctors don't even know what I have. And I've told them, that's fine. By the time they figure it out, you'll be healed. Amen. 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 Yeah, but they don't have a name for this. Well, they don't need to have a name for you to be healed of it. By the time you get there, it'll be gone. Amen. 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 I uh, heard a story one time. I'll, I'll wrap up with this. I heard a story one time of a young man. And uh, it's actually my dad told this story. And he went to this, this meeting uh, in, that he was holding the meeting in and was praying for people. And uh, people were coming up in, in the line and being prayed for. And this young man came up and, and he had tremors in his body and shook all the time. And uh, so they laid hands on him. My dad laid hands on him, believed he was healed. And, and uh, 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 the young man went back to his seat rejoicing. The next night, Monday night, uh, they, the pastor stood up and said, everybody that's been healed in the meeting last night, stand up and let's testify. That young man stood up, still shaking, just shaking all over. But people were shouting. They were glorifying God. Thank God he got healed. Well, you know, fast forward every night, he's standing up saying he's healed, just shaking. Now, I don't know if they knew what they were doing. But the Bible says that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And I made mention in the first night, Sunday morning, I think, uh, of, of, of this week, I made mention of this, that when you declare what the word of God says, it is your testimony that you have received it. When you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, Somebody can point at a report and say, well, I happen to know you're not healed. No, my testimony is I'm healed. So I don't know if they even knew what they were doing. This would have been in the late 60s, early 70s. I don't even know if they knew what they were doing. But this young man, every night he's testifying. Well, at the, towards the end of the week, about Friday, about three people were shouting with him. Amen. Let, let me say this very quickly you got to keep your words so strong about what you're believing for because everybody in your life isn't. There are people that you probably shouldn't tell what you're doing anyway, but there are people that if you tell them, they're going to start talking negative about it. And if you're not keeping the faith pressure on, their words will affect it. So, Anyway, Friday night, Saturday morning, he comes down. This is the testimony. He comes down the stairs. Mom's got breakfast on the table, sh- cereal, milk, different things. He sits down. Young man's name was John. He sits down, takes the milk just, or the cereal and just makes a mess. Reaches for the sugar, same thing. Then he reaches for the milk. <laughs> Mom said, okay, that's it. That's it. Now, John... I love you. I'm tired of you and that preacher lying. You're shaking just as bad as you have ever shook. And I'm I'm just not going to let you make a fool of yourself no more. I don't know how old the young man was. Really, it doesn't make any difference. But he looked at his mother and he pointed his finger, shaking, and he said, Mother, I am too healed. Never shook another day in his life. Now, here's the point. He spoke to that mountain on Sunday night. It was still there supposedly on Saturday morning. But he declared that it was gone. You don't talk to the mountain like it still exists. Mountain, I told you to get out of here. You got to get out of here. I spoke to that mountain. It's removed. Here's what you don't understand. One day you'll get up and look out your back window and the wind will have blowed that thing away because the word was rotting it out from the inside. You just got to stay with it. You just got to stay with it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I say don't give up. There are areas I look at in our church. I look at in, in, in our ministry. Television ministry, other things. There are things that we're doing in television ministry. I remember, I remember when we had a, a, a guest minister here, and Pastor Michelle and I were sitting right over here. We're Jeremy and Sarah so That's a very annoying spot. And right where they were sitting. And, uh, 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 and, and I've still got the word. That minister came over and looked at us, and looked at Pastor Michelle, and said, your testimony will be on airwaves. I will take it nationally and I will take it internationally. Well, when she said that, I mean TV, TV wrote the book on expensive. Right? And at that time I think we had about 2 nickels between us. Amen. Now we weren't we weren't starving, but TV we were we were just at that point we're just happy to be serving God we're just we're just happy to be preaching and serving God yet here we are although all these years later we're doing exactly what God said would be done amen hallelujah and the Lord told us in that that word that was given us he said and never make a decision based on finances. And you know, we've been faithful to do that. And God's expanding our reach. And He's going to expand it more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the line, the Lord says, has been drawn. And you've stepped over it in the Spirit, and you've stepped up to the line, and you've shouldered the task, and you said, Lord, we'll do it. And Father, whatever you ask us to do, we'll do it. We'll preach the word of faith in two languages. Father, we'll go on television. We'll go on television in two languages. Father, we'll do what you've asked us to do. And the Lord says that this body, this church, this fellowship, those connected with this body and this church and this fellowship, that you have entered into months of reward. And when the enemy told you you couldn't step across that line and you couldn't do it, you said, yes, we will do it and we will go and the Lord will sustain us. Now prepare. Mm. Because for the last 15 years you've been in preparation mode. Now it's action mode. And those things that you've been preparing for Are going to begin to be realized. And that's why I told you. Get ready. Be ready. And then move. Get ready. Be ready. And then move. So prepare. Prepare yourself. Prepare for an influx. Prepare for an influx. First of all the Lord says of finances. Prepare for an influx of finances. Things are not going to stay the way they have been. For some, and and this is for the body, the Lord is saying. There are some that it has been kind of thin. Oh, but it's about to get thick. And you're going to look back, and these are the words you're going to say. Truly, we are flush with cash. Truly. Truly. We are flushed with cash. Secondly, where the body and the churches are concerned, you'll see an influx of souls. Get ready for souls. Be ready for souls. Set the programs in motion. Oh, hallelujah. And thirdly, greater anointing. Greater anointing. Greater anointing on the ministers. Greater anointing on the leadership. Greater anointing on the pastor's. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Step up. Step up. And do what I've been preparing you for. Step up. And do what I've been preparing you for. For I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. As I was and am with your pastor. So shall I be with you. Glory to God. Oh, I believe God. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.